everyone. I want to welcome you, all of you people, to On The Mark Sports Talk with your host, Mark, with the C. And uh, you know, some people don't understand what that means. Who did I explain that to? Was that, uh, was that Yui Howie the other day? We had to talk about that. So I think we'll talk some more. But it's Mark, M-A-R-C, and I want you to know that. This is our 146th episode. In, Donahara. in 146 consecutive weeks. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> Hard to believe, but true. What a beautiful day we had in New York City. Yeah. Uh, warm. What, did it hit 70? Did it hit 70 today? I don't know. Did it? Pretty close. No. no. I had a jacket on this morning, took it off, did not White need jacket, it. jacket, yeah. Uh, sweatshirt on, did not need it. Right. I think uh, it hit 70. You know, but I think it's just the tease. Winter, so you winter will be back. I hope not, but winter will be back. Of How course. was our panel today? How was everybody? Good. 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 Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, have you guys ever, um, um, I'm sure you have, called your cable company oh, to get something oh, yes. fixed here and there? Yeah, sure. so, so we have a Verizon, and right after the Super Bowl, this happened, uh. our remote would not shut the TV off. The remote wouldn't make my TV louder, low, lower, whatever. I thought I the batteries. I changed the batteries, brand new batteries. Problem, problem, problem. So I called Monday and I spent, I made three phone calls during the day. I was on with them for <laughs> over five hours combined. Really? I was Just also on with the remote. They had to reset it. They had Just to reset to it. Remote, sometimes if you not just... fixed yet. Yeah. They, they sent me a they Shut sent me a remote um in the mail and after the oh, show yeah. I'm gonna go and try to re, you know reprogram it to see if it works. But yeah. what, a, what a problem. I, I, I had the same problem two weeks ago. You just rebooted the TV and it worked. No, this Where is you something else. Sometimes that works. Sometimes. Not always. All I know is that uh each time you get a different person on the phone, you speak yeah. to one person. <clears throat> Hang up. If you got a call later in the day, they they go back. Even though they have the notes right in front of them, they go it's back to step by step by step, like we just did that. I don't know. So we'll see what happens today. Um, I've got, I've, got I've had I've had problems with them. I've why didn't you just Why didn't you just pull out the plug from the you wall? Take the plug out. You put it back. Yeah, you think it's that easy, huh? Yeah, yeah you know, you're leave it out. TV. That's what I did. You got to leave it out for 10 seconds. I'll leave it out. Yeah. 15, 30, yeah, 15, 30 seconds. Then... Plug it back in. Reboot it. Yeah. This is a, this is a family show, so you can't leave it out for 10 seconds. <laughs> no, you gotta anyway, oh I see seconds. we have a couple of uh, uh, new members uh, on our screen. That a lot how of much your dues, Mark? How much your dues? Yeah. Did you tell them? I would them? like I would like the uh, a couple of the new people just to introduce yourself and give us a sentence or two about you. Um, uh, who did I say? Mike, Mike Kane, Kaner, Kaner, Kane, Mike Kane, yeah. Mike Kane. Yeah, Larry. No, well, Larry didn't actually spell it correctly. It's C A N E S. Okay. So it's Dutch uh, derivative, and it's actually pronounced Conus uh, by the Dutch, but not by Americans. Anyway. Uh, so I was raised uh, uh, in, on the West Coast. So from, from uh, we lived in Palo Alto. So I go way back with the 49ers and uh, well, eventually in 57, the Giants. 
and uh, Golden State even I think after that. But anyway, uh, so I root for uh, for for those teams. I uh, then I went off to the University of Chicago. I played baseball there, but that's if you, uh, if you think of Division Three, this was Division Four. This was <laughs> pretty low level of baseball. Uh, but I did end up at UCLA, and I was there during the same years that uh, Lou Alcindor. Uh, uh, about three teams. Sophomore, junior, yeah. and senior years. So they won the NCAAs in, in those three years. They changed the rules, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, that's, that's it. I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, depending on who the owner is at a given time, I root for the Washington teams or do not root <laughs> for the Washington teams. Uh, so right now, there's Nationals. a hiatus on a couple of them. And uh, professionally, I was an uh, energy economist. That was my uh, trade. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, you're more than welcome, welcome to join us here. Let's move on to uh, Marty. Don't call me Martin. Marty okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, uh, I was born and raised in, in Brooklyn and, and, and moved here uh, 27 years ago. I was a human resources specialist, a civilian employee with the Coast Guard. I'm a retired federal employee. And the Coast Guard closed Governor's Island and, uh, and basically gave me a take it or leave it offer. Uh, okay, come with your job to, uh, to D.C. or be unemployed in New York. So I, uh, so I came here. Uh, I've been a, uh, I've been a, uh, I, uh, and, I, and I was a Yankee fan, uh, okay, in Brooklyn in a sea, of, uh, a sea of Met fans. I was only four years old when the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles. And I really, I became a baseball fan in 1961, four years after the Dodgers and the Giants left and the year before the Mets. And really became a, a Yankee fan listening to Mel Allen doing the, uh, doing the, game, uh, doing the game, games on the radio. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was the year that uh, the Eminem boys, uh, uh, Mantle and Maris, uh, okay, Maris, of course, uh, the, the American League home run record. And of course, I still recognize as the official, uh, uh, okay, home run record until uh, Aaron Judge uh, broke it. I, I root for the, uh, uh, I've been a Giants, New York Giants fan since 1963. And I root for the, uh, for the Knicks All right. and the Rangers. All right. I don't consider it a conflict of interest, okay, because they're in the National League. Uh, okay, but I root for the Nationals in the uh, National League, and and when and the, every three years when they play the Yankees, I root for the uh, for the Yankees. <laughs> so when it comes to baseball, I've, I've, I've gotten dual citizenship. Uh, okay, I root for the Nats in the National League and the uh, and the uh, and the Yankees in the American League. I was the only Yankee fan in my in my neighborhood in Bright Beach, Brooklyn. Uh, 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 okay, <laughs> all right, but, but welcome, you too, welcome. And uh, next to Dave and, and uh, Jeff, we've seen your face before. So Me, I, I was Dave, here last week. Dave was, he, Dave was here last week or Jeff was here last week? Jeff was here yeah. last week. But Dave, when you go, Dave? Can I see oh. you? You came in the bowler, right? Right. Why don't you tell right. us quickly about, about yourself? I grew up in Laurelton, Queens. I currently live in Great Neck. I'm a retired uh, actuary. I worked for uh, General Ree, um, had the opportunity to meet uh, Warren Buffett a number of times since he owns General Ree. Um, I guess my uh, claim to uh, sports fame is that I was at Roger Maris' 61st home run game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, day after my bar mitzvah. I also went to two other games and saw him hits numbers 47 and 8, 52 and 53. <laughs> <laughs> And I still have the ticket stubs and program from the uh, uh, that game hanging on my wall. And uh, you don't want to sell it, huh? 
I went with my uh, sister and parents, so we, I have four ticket stubs from that game. And okay. my father kept score. So, uh, in the program. All right, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that bowling show because, uh, yes, I did. Yeah, the I fellow did. who did it, uh, he enjoyed himself too. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Mann. Hi, I yes, you last week, right? I was on by, uh, I guess you guys invited me. Uh, yeah, I'm from the, from the Bronx and then Queens. I uh, grew up a Yankee fan, New York football giant fan, Rangers, and Knicks. All right. And uh, yes, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm a re- I'm a retired IT manager from Northwell Health, oh. and I, I my favorite team is the Yankees. I love baseball. I've actually rooted for the Mets. Uh, not being a anti Met fan, <laughs> <laughs> I love Siva. I hated Cincinnati in '73. I rooted for the Mets. I hated the Red Sox in 86. I rooted for the Mets. <clears throat> so that's a no great legacy. Yeah. Well, you four guys, you fit, you fit right into our group here. I mean, age-wise and, and what you're talking about, sports. I welcome you. And you're more Same than welcome to come back here welcome. every Absolutely. week. Every week we're here Thursday at 4 o'clock. Um, Thank you very much. And once, once, once I see you more than once or twice, then I'll, I'll get your email addresses and I will send you the link myself instead of relying on the people who invited you. But welcome. Um, once again, I want to remind everybody that on Thursday, March 2nd, which will be episode 148 of our show, we're going to have special guest Ira Kaufman, a sports guru, will join us that day which means I have to contact him next week just to remind them. We booked this over a month ago. I just want to remind them that he's coming on uh, Thursday, March 2nd, and he'll talk about what he does. And I think I told you he he goes to so many games in all sports during the year. He hops from game to game. He may do, do two, maybe even three games in one day, if that is possible. I don't know how he does it, but he'll talk about that. And, and he then has on, a radio show, right? And he has a radio show oh, in Florida. But you, if you go online, Monday's a show, you can see him. Uh, Google Ira Kaufman. And we know how to spell Ira. We know how to spell Kaufman with one N. And uh, that's how you hear his show on the, uh, on the computer. Um, so he sounds like a very interesting guest. I never met him before, or I didn't meet him once, just talking to him on the phone, but that's about it. I was recommended to bring him on the show. And then Thursday, March 30th, uh, episode 152. By the way, March 30th is the anniversary of my bar mitzvah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that. March 30th. Do you remember your half Torah? I remember the first time. I'm Zoo, you're Satili. Wow. But anyway, years ago, and that was from 1963. 60 years, 60 years. So 63 to 23, 60 years? Yeah. 60 years, yeah. 60 years. Exactly. Anyway, uh, so Rob Nandin, R A N D I N, and you could Google him, former uh, AAA minor league baseball player in the Detroit Tiger organization, says he's coming on. Uh, but that's a whole month away. But again, I want you to write this on your calendar, not to miss these shows. Okay. And one more reminder, as I've been talking about before we get to the actual crust of the show, episode 150. 
which is four weeks away. We still don't have a theme other than we'll do the regular show, but we have a theme. We can do something crazy. I'm taking uh, uh, suggestions and told you on that day. We're not going to meet on the Thursday. We're going to meet on Pi Day, March 14th. 314. Because I won't be in New York over around the computer. Can I make a suggestion? Can I make a suggestion for the 150th? What do you got? Well, when you think of it, and it's actually, I had an epiphany about it, and it'll coincide with the fact that maybe never in the history of sports have the Knicks, the Rangers, the mm. Islanders, the Devils, and the Yankees, and the Mets all have very, very good teams that go very, very far. <clears throat> and uh, it's something you could acknowledge for uh, show number 150. We just, just acknowledge it. What are you gonna do with it? But there's one team that isn't doing very well. Yep, two teams. Nah, give them a break. But I'm talking about the Islanders. They're not the. Uh, the Islanders are are, yeah. are flat. And they're on the cusp of the play. They're not doing. I wouldn't say they're doing very well. But aren't they above 500? <clears throat> they're fighting. Yeah, right. They're fighting to get in the playoffs. I know. All right, the Islanders don't count. Well, right. the Knicks would be in first place in that uh, division with Miami. Who's in first place? The Knicks have a better record than Miami. And Miami yeah, they're, in they're in the playoffs now. Yeah. All right, right. Let's, let's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Gerald, I'm going to start with you, as usual, your numbers report. By the way, you're sponsored today by Chocolate Pudding. What do you got for us, Gerald? Whipped cream. Come on, Joe. Gerald. I think, I think you're you're on mute. You're, mute. you better go back and take that mute off. Today I'm going there to go. today yeah. I'm go, going to review the 1992 MLB season. These are what I believe to be the key facts about the 1992 MLB season for the awards and leaders. I will name the National League player followed by the American League player. First, the key <laughs> awards. MVP, Barry Bonds and Dennis Eckersley. Rookie of the Year, Eric Karros and Pat Listach. Cy Young, Greg Maddox and Dennis Eckersley. Key leaders, batting average, Gary Sheffield and Edgar Martinez. Home runs, Fred McGriff, now member of the Hall of Fame, and Juan Gonzalez. RBIs, Darren Dalton and Cecil Fielder Sr. ERA, Bill Swift and Roger Clemens. On June 15, 1992, Jeff Reardon broke Raleigh Finger's career saves record with his 342nd <laughs> career save. On July 26, Nolan Ryan struck out his 100th batter of the season and established a major league record of 100 or more strikeouts for 23 consecutive seasons. Wow. Unbelievable. In September, Robin Yount and George Brett both collected their 3,000th career hit. Ricky Henderson stole his 1,000th base of his career. Pirate Andy Van Slyke became the first outfielder in nearly 18 years to record an unassisted double play. 
He made a running catch in shallow center field and tagged out Ken Caminiti, who was running from second base on the play. Who was still alive. Oh. I'm sorry? He was still alive. Oh. Oh. Caminiti. Caminiti. No, he's not. Oh, he's not. No, he's not. Died. He died, of a drug, he died, he died several years ago. Overdose. Drug, overdose? drug overdose several years ago. Definitely yeah. gone. Dead. He used steroids. He, he was a parent PED. But he's dead. I right. said he was still alive. What what team what team was oh, Barry Bonds dead. on in, in 1992? Was he still with the Pirates or was he, yeah. what, what, did he go yeah, to the yeah. Giants? He was with the Pirates. 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 Oh, okay. Pirates. okay. Yeah, Tom, Tom Seaver and Raleigh Fingers were elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. On August 28th, the Brewers established a record with 31 hits. In a nine-inning game, on January 31st, the Pirates signed Barry Barnes to a one-year contract for $4.7 million, the largest one-year deal ever. Imagine 4.7 versus what, what is out there today. Right. On March 2nd, Ryan Sandberg becomes the highest-paid player in MLB history, signing a four-year contract worth $28.4 million per year. The, 19, the 1992 World Series, the 89th edition, pitted the Atlanta Braves and the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto defeated Atlanta four games to two. This marked the first time that a team based outside the U.S. won the World Series. The Blue Jays remained the only team based outside of the U.S. to win a World Series. Right. Two composite World Series statistics for the teams were very close. Toronto in the series batted 230. Atlanta batted 220. Toronto had an ERA of 2.78 and Atlanta 2.65. Dave Winfield, Mr. May, won the World Series <laughs> MVP. Tom Glavin of the Braves was 1-1 one and one in 17 innings and had a 1.59 ERA. Jimmy Key was 2-0 and for Toronto with a 1.00. ERA in nine innings. Deion Sanders batted 533, going eight for 15. Now, a couple of words about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, if Atlanta won the World Series, probably would have been the MVP. Now, Deion Sanders on October 11th, 1992, did the following. He played for the Atlanta Falcons in the daytime took a, uh, in, in Miami, took a plane to Pittsburgh, took a helicopter to Three Rivers Stadium, was suited yeah. up to play for the Atlanta Braves. He oh, never definitely. had, he never was put into that game in Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. It was the fifth uh, game of the, of a seven game playoff. And I wanted to talk LCS. a little bit about yeah. Dion's contract that he had with Nike. First of all, he wanted to be the first player to play two different sports in the same day. All associated expenses are paid for by Nike. Nike also offered him the following contract. He was really incentivized. If you play a three-year contract in 1992, $1 million per year. If he played during those three years in both sports, if he did not play in both sports, he only earned $100,000 from the contract. In the Atlanta game, very quickly, he had uh, 
two, a couple of, punt, of one or two punt returns, nine-yard uh, uh, reception uh, as, as receiver, and he played on defense, helping to keep Dan Marino down to 250 yards. Mm-hmm. So I submit to you that he was a great, great player. It's very unfortunate that Bobby Cox would not allow him to play at all because Bobby Cox felt that he took his dual role very lightly as, as a baseball player and a football player. And that, that, that to me was ridiculous. Was it, was it during, was it during that, that world series that he doused Tim McCarver with a, with a bucket of water? Didn't he throw a bucket of water at, at Tim McCarver or something like that? Right? Yeah. I seem to remember that. Yeah, he did. I don't know if that was a 92 world series. It could be. I, I don't know, Marty, to tell you the truth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mark, let me ask you a question. Do you want me to go over the genesis of how I get 1992? No, it's okay. Maybe next week. We have a lot to talk about today. Okay. But thank you. That's, that's, anybody want to comment on his report? Isn't Sanders the coach at Colorado now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Miss, yes, missing toes. You heard yeah. about it. He's missing. Went from, went from Jackson State to Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was yeah. not a great baseball player. I don't know how he would have been the other. Uh, no, no. He was not. A, he was a singles hitter. He was fast runner. Yeah. He yeah. was not as good a two-way. Yeah, he he certainly nowhere as good as Bo Jackson. Not Bo a Bo Jackson. Jackson. Not a Bo Jackson. I was somewhere inside the park home run, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was Jerry, a Yankee. Jerry, so how many home runs did he yeah. just hit? Do you know, have that information? In his career? Not many. I'm not sure. Take a look it up. Take a look it up. I'm happy that uh, that Gerald mentioned Ryan Sandberg and Nolan Ryan because during those days, of course, I'm a Met fan, but uh, I always loved Nolan Ryan. And we always loved Ryan Sandberg. I I think I told the story. I wanted my first son to be named Ryan Gold. But Ryan Gold is the beer. Ryan Gold, like the beer. <laughs> so it wouldn't work. So how, I said to my wife, what about Ryan Gold? Nah. So we named him Scott Ryan Gold. Funny thing is nobody remembers Ryan Gold anymore, so it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, well, we, well, I do. Ryan I drank it. Gerald, do you have that? What do you got? Deion Sanders had a total of 39 home runs in nine years. Right, 168 RBIs. And he batted 263 lifetime. Okay. That's not bad. I got a lot of yeah. I got a lot of Deion Sanders baseball cards in my book. So mm-hmm. he, he got around. Was okay. he an outfielder? Outfielder. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Why don't we go on? Milton. Okay. Are you all queued up? I should help Milton. Yeah, name we're that all right. This time. Milton. All right. Your, I... your name that tune this week is sponsored by, get ready, unclipped toenails. Uh-oh. Anyway, oh, wow. um, some, some of you guys know your baseball trivia. So if you know this, hold on maybe, to see if anybody else could get this. This, this, um, was, this artist was a great high school baseball player who was guaranteed a spot on the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. Guaranteed a spot to play for the Phillies, an outstanding ball player. And before he signed his contract, he was drafted by the armed services. And this is the, he had like 70 hits, but I'm gonna play you. This is a great song. I know the song, but I don't know the guy. Great baseball player. But myself, I can't deceive. 
Just listen. Elvis Costello? Kyle <laughs> Jenkins. Got it. All right, no. All right. I don't know who. who Who's saying anyway, it, guys? Uh, Elvis Costello. No. Oh. Let's go, encore, encore. Louis Costello. Louis Costello. In Tennessee, there's an entertainment center named after him. Yeah, I think Ron said it. Who is it, Ron? Conway Twitty. Conway. You're right. Conway Twitty it is. All right. I knew. And now that I fix my every, and now that I fix my computer every week that I'm around, I can play a good song. And good. To end it with another song. I always have one after you do your last trivia question. All right. That was the it's best I've ever heard. You close us out. Very good. You close us out. Let's oh, move good. on. Uh, Gerald. I forgot to mention about Deion Sanders, the only man ever to appear in a World Series and in a Super Bowl. Wow. He's, the only guy. He's the only guy, huh? Wow. Only wait, guy. no, wait, no. I think I think that the Packers have a defensive back. Well, could be the research, but it could be. Okay, yeah, that, he was in the Super Bowl, but not the World Series. Tom Brown, I'm thinking about. But oh he, yeah, he wasn't on the. He didn't play in the World Series. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's go on to this day in sports. This day, what's today? It's February 16th. Yeah, yes. yes. Boy, time's flying. Uh, I have a couple of things that happen exactly in, in sports on this particular day. Uh, and I go back to 1899. Now, this is a tough one. I had to phonetically uh, write this down because it's like 90 letters. Nax Spurnufelag, Reka Jabakor. <laughs> It was Iceland's first football club, which is so their first soccer team was founded in that in on this day. Naxpertafelag Rakajabakor. Kuzunheit. Just as <laughs> you were wondering. Uh, in 1936, the fourth Winter Olympics closed uh, in Garmisch Partenkirchen. I guess that's Germany. In Germany. Ooh. So yes. 1936, it closed. 1950, baseball writers failed to elect anybody to the Hall of Fame. Didn't they do that a few years ago? Yes. Yes. Most yeah, recently, was, right? Yeah. But I guess it was a big thing back in 1950. Oh, they have it down here. 1952, United States goes one and two in the 500 meters speed skating in the Oslo Winter Olympics. Ken Henry and Don McDermott. Household names were the one and twos. But here's something I think maybe some of you elder people on the screen might remember. In 1953, Ted Williams. Gerald, that's your man. Ted Williams safely crashed lands his damaged Panther jet, and he was later awarded the Air Medal. You know, anybody know that story? Yes. You remember that story? 
I think that's it. I, I, that... I read a biography of, of, of his uh, uh, a while ago. Yeah. So he was in the uh, Air Force? And in World War II and Korea. And Korea. So I know when, when he was in Korea, his commanding officer was John Glenn. Small world. Small world. Gerald? Ted Williams uh, flew 39 missions in the Korean War. Half of them, he was the wingman for John Glenn. And, and, and. Are we off? So, so, All right. So, so, so just so, so just to repeat, uh, Ted Williams flew 39 missions in the Korean War. He was the wingman to join the land. I don't know who that is. Can you mute yourself? Jared, Jeff. mute that. I mean, uh, mute that. Just mute that. Jeff. Jeff. I think it's Jeff. Jeff, is that you? Yeah, I have to shut my phone off. I'll put you on mute for a while, then they'll bring you back. Yeah. Anyway, so let me just continue with Ted. Ted Williams flew 39 missions over North, Korea, over North Korea during the war. He was the wingman for John Glenn in half of those missions. And I think that incident that you're talking about in 1953, almost every pilot would have bailed out of the plane, except Ted Williams, he was afraid that, he, that he'd injure his legs and hurt his career. So he crash landed the plane, and uh, luckily uh, the, the plane didn't blow up with him in it. Okay. What goodness. a guy. What a guy. 1953. Yep. Well, in 1963, uh, a lot of you will remember that. Bill, Billy Cunningham? Yes. Yeah. Great yeah. Uh, High School. He was right. at North Carolina. Yes. He grabbed a record uh, 27 rebounds. In, in, at that time, was a record wow. uh, in one game versus Clemson. In 1967, the Yankees' Red Ruffing elected to the Hall of Fame. I don't know. We all heard of Red Ruffing. I never sure. saw him. Was he? I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. Is he worthy of Hall of Fame or just because? He, he obviously got in through the veterans. He was committee. pretty good, job, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those 30, uh, those Yankee teams that won five straight Maybe. in the late 30s. Well, the, John, the, the John McCarthy uh, uh, was the manager probably uh, during those years, the early years of Joe DiMaggio, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember his – I remember him being a good hitter. I remember hearing stories yeah. of a good batter. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't realize he was such a great pitcher. In 1969, hockey. Mm -hmm. Detroit Red Wings captain Alex Del Vecchio picks up an assist and becomes the third player in National, National Hockey League history – with 1,000 career points. That's cool. 1970, boxer Joe Frazier. TKO's Jimmy Ellis, names of the past to win the heavyweight title. Joe Joe, Joe uh, Frazier, he's dead? Yes. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Joe, Joe Frazier, the boxer. Joe yeah. Frazier, the boxer, is, is dead. Uh, yeah. And I think, didn't that, didn't that fight take place in the brand new Madison Square Garden? I think it was. I, I think I remember that might have been that. one of that, that might have been one of the first events to take place at the at, at the new MSG. That's right. And Jimmy Ellis is he dead? Anyone know? No, Jimmy Ellis was a converted light heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, but he was Jimmy heavyweight. And uh, Joe Frazier both he held the title. All right, uh, nineteen seventy-two. 
NBA. Will Chamberlain of the Lakers becomes the first NBA player to reach 30,000 points. Okay, we talked about LeBron James last week. Uh, this weekend is the Daytona 500. I know you all knew that, right? <laughs> Oh. Uh, in 1975 was the 17th Daytona 500 and uh, Benny Parsons wins after Cale Yarborough these are names of the past uh, mm. sent uh, race leader Dave Pearson spinning on the backstretch and Parson avoid the accident and coasted to the, uh, the finish line here's something that I forgot 1975 uh, here, your Washington Capitals, for you people down in the uh, in mid-America, got their first shutout by beating the Kansas City Scouts. And we all know who the Scouts became, right? The Devils. No, 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 no. Devils. But before the Devils, they were the Colorado, Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies. Very good. Very good. Was, 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 Bernie Wolf, was Bernie Wolf on the team? Bernie Wolf on the... Caps. The caps? Yeah, yeah. We could do a little check on that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, in 1980s, uh, American speed skater Eric Hayden, remember him, right? Mm-hmm. Wins the 5,000 meter race at Lake Placid Olympics on this day. Uh, also on this day, but 1984, American figure skater Scott Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Wins gold at the Sarajevo Winter Olympics. This is the mm. this is the week the Olympics knew obviously all this winter stuff in '84 also at Sarajevo, uh, American Bill Johnson becomes the first American big to win the Olympic downhill gold mm. in that day. He built he beat the famous Peter Müller Müller, a Swiss mm. by Müller. two seven seconds. How about that? 1989, the Dodgers. On this day, signed Oral Hershiser yeah. to a $7.9 million three-year three deal. So what is that? Three years divided by 7.9. What is that? Like two and change? 2.675. And Roger Clemens signed to $7.5 million for three years also, back in those days. Yeah. On this day, 1992, Magic Johnson's 32 was retired by the Lakers. 1999, O.J. Simpson, not a Jew. Remember that song? <laughs> O.J. Simpson, of the 1968 Heisman, uh, he sells his Heisman Trophy, 1968 Heisman Trophy, sells it for uh, 200 to help settle. He sells the tro- trophy for $230,000 to help settle his $33.5 million civil judgment Against you know for the families of the, of the people of the ex-wife and the and the and her boyfriend, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and two thousand got a few more. I'm sorry. Two thousand five NHL season is canceled. Gary Bettman was still the commissioner in 05, of course, due to labor disputes. And how about this one? Two thousand fourteen, the NBA sixty third All Star Game. And I don't know what number is this weekend is the All-Star game. So I guess it's a 41-7. So the 70th? No. no 70, 72nd All-Star game at the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. Anyone ever been there? And the MVP was Kyrie Irving of the Cavs. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. 
All right, enough of this day in sports. Larry. Sports wait, stories by Larry. Oh, got comments? Got comments? Wait, wait, yeah. wasn't, you're talking about, wasn't on this date in, eight, in 1899, you talked about, wasn't that on this date in 1899 Tom Brady was born? That's right. That's but, right. Yeah. I left that one out. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harold. <laughs> getting back Did to you Red say Ruffing. Getting back to Red Ruffing. He had a lifetime 269 average. 3.80 ERA, one and loss record was 548, and that one and loss record was greatly aided by being a member of the New York Yankees. Greatly aided, and he was voted. As Jerry the, says, jealously. And he was, and he was voted <laughs> into the Hall of Fame by the baseball writers. You have his one loss record. Yes, Real 273 quick. and 225. Oh, okay. They didn't make 300. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Sports stories by Larry. Uh, Mark, sports- wait a minute. Uh, on this day, isn't this the day that uh, Tim McCarver died? Yeah, we didn't get to that yet, but you're right. Okay. We, we'll talk about him later. Oh. Uh, you sponsored this week, Larry, by Traffic Turning Lanes, and it's <laughs> part two of your three-part uh, series. Dark Handles? <laughs> what do you have, Larry? Get? My story this week is entitled MLB Starting Pitchers Making the Hall of Fame. I address this in two ways. First, what many baseball writers say about starting pitchers making the Hall of Fame. And second, my own take on it. Note that my take markedly differs from these baseball writers. First, for the baseball writers, please hold your comments until I finish this section. At this time, many baseball writers focus on wins above replacement or war and strikeouts to evaluate starting pitches for induction into the Hall of Fame. Specifically, they cite 2,000 career strikeouts as the standard for candidate starting pitches to make the Hall. It turns out that 2,000 career strikeouts are precisely the average for the 78 starting pitches already in the Hall between 1936 and 2022. For a comparable war standard, with my statistical software package, I calculate that their average career war stands at 65. With these baseball writers' standards, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and Justin Verlander are all but assured to be voted into the hall when they retire. But it is doubtful that Jacob DeGrom would make the hall with these sports writers' standards. So far, Jacob's career war stands at 43.8 versus the standard of 65, and his career strikeouts so far stand at 1,600 versus the standard of 2,000. Mm. However, these sports writers think that DeGrom should make the Hall of Fame if he achieves a third Cy Young Award. Any comments on what these sports writers have said? He wins the third, he's gonna get the Cy. He'll, he'll, he'll make it if he wins the third. Charles? And he only needs 400 strikeouts to hit 2,000, right? Right. Um, yeah, well, if you have a pitcher, yeah. this year. <laughs> Charles? To me, the most important stat 
for a pitcher and its effectiveness is the ERA. I think mm. it's unquestionable. Mm. Um, uh, wins and losses, war, whatever, strikeouts are, are, are not the, uh, uh, the most important stat. ERA uh, is the equalizer. And I think that should be uh, a very, very important uh, consideration when voting for a, a player getting into the Hall of Fame. And that's what I'm going to be covering in my piece <laughs> when we get to when I get to it. Go ahead there, uh, Mike. Yeah. So this is a comment I've made to uh, Larry privately before. But if you say 2,000 strikeouts is the average of those who of pitchers who are in the Hall of Fame, then just about half the pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame have uh, fewer than 2,000 strikeouts. So there's got to be other criteria here that matter. And maybe Larry's going to fill us in on what those are. Well, this, the, the, don't forget these these sports writers have cited 2,000 strikeouts or career strikeouts. Mm -hmm. The main point about using the averages is that by doing so, you don't degrade the whole by having someone who doesn't make that standard. Well, but half the guys that are in the Hall of Fame didn't make that standard. Yeah, but if going forward, if you if you well, it if depends you, if you degrade mm -hmm. the standard. Everything is pushed down. Do you think of strikeouts when you think of a pitcher? I look at his win, wins and losses and the and the and the ERA. Well, that's yeah. not what these sports writers uh, that I've, I've, I've come through. At. They don't, don't even mention the ERA. They talk I mean, about um, they talk about WAR and they talk about strikeouts, which to me wins, is ridiculous. War, war is like wins and losses. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but look at Degrom. All those games, he he, mm. he left the game at one nothing, and the Mets yeah. never scored for him. Or they were down two nothing or two one, mm -hmm. and they scored two more. They wins. You know, he may lose the game, but his ERA was minus one, one or less. Yeah, he also right. gets penalized for being. That doesn't, doesn't make sense anymore. What's well, that, DeGrom uh, also, Jeff? Yeah, Degrom gets penalized also because he's a late bloomer. That's yeah, true. That's right. Yeah, he's right. right. Yeah. right. He won't get the number of years in. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Gerald? I think what I think a one and loss mark is is uh, very misleading. If mm -hmm. you look at the record of red roughing, not a good, not a great ERA, very good one and loss record as a Yankee, because he probably had very good offensive support versus the Grom. I think yeah. it's very tricky. Different era. Different era. I don't yeah. think Red Ruffy makes the Hall of Fame today. Anybody agree with that? First of yeah. all, the pitchers don't hit anymore, so you can't. His mm -hmm. hitting is right away is out. Right, it's not not relevant at all. That's no, true. No, uh, Michael. Mm -hmm. I I kind of feel that great pitchers have a way to will their way to win games. You know, like you take a Steve Carlton for a last place team, he could win twenty seven games, and I always had a problem with the Nolan Ryans of this world and the Jacob DeGroms of this world, for some reason, could be called subliminal or whatever, uh, they don't win a high percentage of their games. Look at Clemens. A player wouldn't dare lollygag when Clemens was pitching. He'd give them a dirty look and scare the hell out of them. And uh, I think that's very, very important. And that's why I think you consider the war. You know, uh, it's, it's important. you got to win your games. DeGrom won the, the uh, didn't DeGrom win the um, Cy Young a couple of years ago with a 10 9 record? Yes. Yep. Yes, right he me. did. That's yeah. exactly. Whatever. Uh, uh, Gerald? 
Mike, I just wanted to say that uh, you have to consider with DeGrom, the record is there. The pitching logs are available. He had lousy offensive support. If Whitey Ford had that support, you'd be screaming right now. Ah. <laughs> well, there's, more, there's more to it even. I guess I should put my hand up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's more to it, right? Yeah, there, yeah. There's not just uh, hitting uh, support. There's bullpen support, uh, yeah. defensive support. Exactly. That's uh, true. You know, there, there's much that goes into how a pitcher ends up faring. Yeah, of course. So pitcher on? has no control Some over people, that. Uh, Roger? Given pitcher. Yeah, just like we know, like Mike Messina lost a lot of games. He went seven, eight innings, and the bullpen squandered it. You know, he, he didn't win 20 games until his last season with the Yankees. But, right. uh, yeah, nowadays, starters, you're lucky if they go five, six innings now. So the game is is very different now. Well, he had a great career. He didn't make the 20 wins, but if right. he was 18 and Correct, but he would have had significantly more. 17 and 10, you know. Right. Good ERA, good strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. 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 Howie, you want to say something? Uh, well, when I think of DeGrom, I think of the guys in the Hall of Fame with short careers. There's Dizzy Dean, who uh, won 30 games with the Gas House, house Gangs of the Cardinals in the 30s. He's in the Hall because he just has a great one-loss record and he's a character. Uh, again, different era. But you think the big one is Sandy Koufax. Right. Koufax was overpowering. And the team was not a big hitting team, those Dodgers. Right, right, right. This shows you what a what a great pitcher he was. I mean, he had a bullpen, but uh Koufax is, I guess, the the top. I don't know about the Grum. The Grum changing teams, going to Texas. Gonna hurt him. Gonna hurt I him. I think it's gonna hurt him. Yeah. Unless he does win another Cy Young with Texas, then you're talking, all right, like a Dustin Verlander, Max Scherzer type, but without all the wins. So, yeah. Like that know. year, the Texas had a losing record, but Juan Gonzalez was their outfielder, had a fabulous career at bat and won the MVP. Yeah, two mm-hmm. years in a row, I think. Yeah, two years Gonzalez in a row. Won. And he's not even considered at all, you know, for, even for a cup of coffee in the hall. Uh, Gerald, and then we'll come back to uh, Jeff. Yesterday was the first uh, day of spring training for DeGrom, and he's being side- he was sidelined <laughs> yesterday and today because of <laughs> a tightness on the left side. So my prediction that he'd be on the uh, injured list uh, the first day of spring training uh, has not proven to be true as of yet. Mm. The field was wet, I heard also. They want precautionary reasons to keep him out. Jeff, you wanted to say something? Yeah, just one fly in the ointment with DeGrom. He was pitching at City Field, which was uh, a pitcher's park. And he is now going to be pitching in Arlington with great humidity and a hitter's park. So we'll have another way to measure his greatness by how he does this season. Only time will tell. If he he gets on the mound. I mean, I'm a big DeGrom Mm -hmm. fan. I'm very upset he left us. And uh, so... I wish him the best. Yes. Well, let's see how he does down there. But he was hurt a hell of a lot. I know. I know. And and he was held out of the first day of spring training yesterday. Right. We just said that. Okay, Joe. Yeah. In the old days, pitchers used to go nine innings as a rule. They don't anymore. Right. The the game gets out of their hands after six innings or so. If, right. if you're ahead at the six and you have a great big difference, then big difference. You, you win your game. Yep. <laughs> big difference. Right. Uh, Larry? 
Now for my take. Again, please hold your comments until I finish the okay. section. In my book, starting pitchers should be enshrined in the Hall of Fame if they meet my following two standards. A career ERA of 3.0, as starting pitchers who are in the Hall have achieved on average, and pitching longevity of at least 10 full or largely injury-free years. In 2015, the Board of Directors of the Hall changed its pitching longevity rule from 15 career years to 10. Note that I do not include Cy Young Awards as one of my standards <clears throat> for starting pitchers to make the Hall because my focus is on long-term pitching performance. So far, only Kershaw strictly meets my 3.0 ER ERA standard with an impressive 2.48 level. Scherzer's ERA is 3.11 and Verlander's is 3.24. All three have pitched for more than 10, 10 years, 15 years and counting. As an aside, all three have won the Cy Young Award three times. In my book, so far, only Kershaw deserves Hall of Fame status. The other two are not quite there at this juncture. Scherzer and Verlander have years left on their contracts with the Mets to possibly prove that they are Hall material. DeGrom's 2.52 career ERA more than meets my 3.0 ERA standard. However, his pitching longevity is another matter. Yep. Jacob averaged 29 game starts in his first six years, but with major injuries and COVID-19 over the last three years, he averaged only 13 game starts then. This is the equivalent of six and a half full pitching years. If DeGrom can manage three and one half more full years on the mound, and maintain a 3.0 career AERA, then he would satisfy my standards to meet the Hall of Fame. But Jacob already has some tightness in his in, in his left side the spring training. Any comments on my take? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, one, yes. one of the things, you know, you always look for a stopper. You know, it's... You, you're absolute, and I don't think you can be absolute. Um, I mean, some of the great pitchers, you know, they came in, they stopped the losing streak. They they changed the direction that the club was going. That's just one th example. Yeah. Uh, Mark, yes. Yeah. And, and also, you have to take in, into consideration the amount of talent a pitcher has. And when you think of uh, Jacob DeGrom, he has as much talent as any pitcher we have ever seen when he is pitching. And mm -hmm. I would take that into consideration also. He's a heck of a pitcher. Jeff, you have your hand up? Yeah, I was going to say um, you can't penalize American League pitches for ERA. So if you're comparing uh, Verlander and Scherzer, who pitched the majority of their careers in the American League, uh, to, let's say, uh, Kershaw, who pitched his entire career for the Dodgers. So his ERA is like, uh, what, about a uh, one, one run 
a, a higher? A half a run. A lower. A half. Yeah. A half. Good point. But it's all, point. Good point. Okay. But it, it's. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that should be another standard. Maybe the baseball mm -hmm. writers should look at at up till last season. They should be looking at American League pitches versus National League pitches and not using an ERA, yeah. let's say, of 3.0 should be a little higher because of the DH. It's right, a guideline. Exactly, the DH. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a guideline. Danny? Yeah, there's different um, things that have to be considered. Number one is all different eras. You've got to compare one era against itself. And also, one thing that is not mentioned is, yes, um, you have great pitchers. We don't have great winning percentages, not necessarily because of the lack of hitting, but sometimes the defense that they have behind them. Mm -hmm. right? And that's the that's one thing that has to be Mike said before. You know, you could have a great pitcher with you know that has absolutely no defense behind. Them. Right, right. It happens. It happens. Howie, yeah. uh, Larry, you mentioned that your dividing market on an ERA is three point oh. Yeah, that's the average of all the Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's okay. an average. Okay. Well, that's a well. I just looked up Derek Cole as a lifetime over ten years lifetime ERA of three point two three, but he averaged twenty six starts a game, and his record is one thirty and seventy one, a six forty seven uh, one loss percentage. Half of his career was with Pittsburgh and nationally. The other half. Houston. Houston and the Yankees, Yankees yeah. but I would, uh, you know, looking at it, I would think that Cole is Hall of Fame worthy, hmm. you know, on, well, on where I, he's I, going. I, Maybe I, we I should include contracts. Now take Tom Glavin. He's yeah. the Hall of Fame, as you know, right? He's very yeah. good. He has a 3.5 ERA. He won 300 games. He has, yeah. he has there you go. Braves he has, have a lot of hitting a, a, a 60% winning percentage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's won 300 games. I think that should be yeah. a criteria, yeah, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to repeat the, the point made earlier that yes. uh, you have to make a, uh, an adjustment for which league they were in since we're yes. looking historically. You know, going forward, it may not be true, but uh, if, if a player spent uh, like Glavin spent his entire career in the National League that I recall, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, you know, just we were saying Verlander spent a bunch of years in the American League. I think Scherzer came up with Arizona. Then he went over to uh, Detroit. So you, you got to factor all that in there with this, about, what, approximately a half a run difference you know, between having a DH and not having a DH. So until that's done, I don't think you can compare uh, a Drysdale with a Verlander or whatever. You, you know, you have to make those adjustments. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple more comments. We can move on. Um, Marty. Well, what about the fact that the, 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 some of those pitchers pitched in the in the steroid uh, era? Mm -hmm. oh. Another thing. Okay. I think that, that that's a factor. Well, they're keeping Clemens out. <laughs> Truly a Hall of Famer, though. No? Sure he is. Next week, I cover the controversy over the character clause. Uh, and that, some cool. of that is going to come up about the steroids. All right. Larry, Larry thank you for your report. Always a fabulous uh, job done. I thank you. Uh, of course, a lot of uh, discussion, which is what this show is all about. Great. What do you think, Will? Uh, let's move on to uh, Michael. Michael, yes. you wanted to talk about um, Yankees. 
no, not the Yankees and not the Jets, but you, no. oh, the Jets. We want to talk about the Jets, okay. about uh, Revis and Klecko, right? Okay, oh. yes. Oh. Uh, Revis and Klecko. By and- the way, by the way, Michael, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your report today is sponsored by athletic supporters. <laughs> Aren't we all athletic supporters? We're all athletic supporters here. So exactly, define that exactly. Thank you, Mark. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing when Mark asked me to, uh, to do Klecko, I saw on TV, it was very, very cool. Uh, Klecko's home with his family, you know, like uh, any old retiree like any of us. And he gets a knock on the door. Mm. He opens the door. And of all the people in the world, it's a guy by the name of Joe Namath. And mm. Click goes, oh, what's this all about? And uh, that's how, that's how Click found out that he was voted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, it was pretty darn cool to see that. So in 1981, a fan submit, somebody should be muted. In 1981, a fan submitted the New York Stock the New York Stock Exchange name to a preseason contest held by a Jets team magazine, mm-hmm. and the Jets public relations director used the nickname in a press release, and then it was soon picked up by the media, and that's how the New York Stock Stock Exchange was born. All four, all four members of the Stock Exchange were drafted Sack by the Exchange. Stock Exchange. Sack. And they were Stock Exchange. Yeah, yeah. Don't let go. Marty Lyons, Abdul Salam, and Mark Gastineau. Gastineau. The leader of the Sack Exchange was arguably Joe Klecko. And one of Joe Klecko's claims to fame is that he is one of only three players to have been voted to the uh, Pro Bowl at three different positions. Defensive end for the 81 uh, Pro Bowl, defensive tackle for the 83 and 84 games, and nose tackle in 1985. Is also named NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1981 by the Pro Football Writers. And these honors were built on a number of impressive achievements, including, number one, the sack total from 1982 when individual defensive sacks became official through 1987. His last as a Jet is only 24. But including the sack research that has been done dating to 1960, Klecko's regular season total unofficially blooms to 78, which is second most in franchise history, behind only, only uh, Mark Gaston of 116. He officially had at least one full sack in each of his final six games as a rookie in 1977, and then opened the 78 campaign with four more games of at least one full sack. The streak of 10 consecutive games with, of, with a full sack is a franchise mark. Now, Dariel Rivas, if you notice, I'm wearing this shirt. He's one of my idols, one of the best uh, defensive backs I've ever seen, maybe ever was. He played in uh, 10,363 consecutive snaps in all, believed to be the longest streak in, in league history, and he finished with 29 interceptions during his 11 seasons in the NFL. Rivas was a seven-time Pro Bowler <coughs> and four-time first-team All-Pro. He was selected to the NFL 2010 All-Decades team, and he was dubbed Revis Island. And like I said before, he compiled 24 career interceptions and returned three for touchdowns, including an incredible, beautiful 100-yarder against the Miami Dolphins in 2011. And Dario Revis was the best cornerback I've ever seen, like I said, 
until, and all of a sudden it's arguable, the source gardener, who is now with the Jets, is uh, also uh, um, mind-boggling. And as far as the Jets are concerned, it's been 54 years since the New York Jets have ever won a championship. And uh, it's not that satisfying, I know. But two weeks ago on a Thursday, they came close to doing something almost as incredible as winning a Super Bowl. They were the big winners the entire uh, Thursday night when they had this show, NFL Honors. Two players, one offensive player and a defensive rookie of the year. They both won, uh, uh, respectively, uh, they were uh, a top rookie offensive player and top rookie defensive player, which is pretty cool. We saw Gardner, and there's a whole bunch of great statistics for Gardner. And Garrett Wilson, a whole bunch of great statistics for Garrett Wilson. Now, all the Jets need is a quarterback and we'll be in great shape. And that's, I'm sure, uh, Mark will be discussing that later on. And that's my report. And as far as the Yankees are concerned, nothing much. And uh, that's my report uh, for today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody want to comment on Michael's report? Okay. We got uh, Michael. Michael and uh, Michael. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, they're in good hands with Robert Sala, I think. Uh, I think he's going to do it continue to do a pretty good job there. He's already doing a good job. And I like both of those players named are, uh, were excellent in my, in my view, but I want to raise a question with the group. And that's on this question of being named to the pro bowl. Okay. My impression going backwards now, when there, when there was a pro bowl is that there might be say 40 players named for NFC and another 40 for the AFC. But by the time people dropped out, you got 60 people named for each, and they all call themselves Pro Bowl, that he made the Pro Bowl. So it strikes me that it's a pretty cheap designation. No, you have to be a good player, but you don't have to be one of the best players the way things are or have been. I just raised that for the group. Good point, good point. point. That's right, have to to fill the roster out. Oh, I'm hurt or I don't wanna play. So let's let's pick this guy next on the list. Next man up, good point. Okay. Uh, Fred? Yeah, just to, to, uh, to Mike's comment, too, if you remember, I think the Pro Bowl was always played the week before the Super Bowl. So the teams, guys from the, from those teams obviously wouldn't be playing. So that's how you had a lot of subs, substitutes that way, too. That's true, yeah. too. That's true. that's true. And there are many, many of the, the Super Bowl teams had, had Pro Bowl players also. Right, of course. Okay. Thank you. Uh, is, is your hand up there, Danny? Or are you yeah, of course. Your hand? The Pro Bowl usually played after a Super Bowl. They went to the went to Hawaii. Wasn't it called the Hawaii Bowl for a while? No, it was just called yeah. the, the Pro Bowl. But they, they played, played, played in Hawaii. That was a fun game to watch. That's right. Imagine if you were in the Super Bowl and you can't go to Hawaii because you're prepping no. for the Super Bowl. <laughs> One of, the, one of the sports writers in New York yeah. referred to the Pro Bowl as the John Hadle Bowl. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Because Namath, Namath couldn't play in the uh, in the Pro Bowl. Why? Well, it was Super Bowl Super Bowl three, oh. and then a couple of a couple of uh, uh, years after that, he he didn't want to play in the uh, he didn't want to play in the Pro Bowl. Maybe he was injured. I don't know. Yeah. But, they uh, back. One of the sports writers called it the John Hadle Bowl. <laughs> Because he's always there. Yeah, yeah. He always ended up playing, even though he wasn't the first, uh, uh, right, the first right. choice quarterback. Happens, happens. Okay, thank you, uh, Michael. Let's go on to Howie. 
How are your West Coast report Coast sponsored Center. by cell phone apps? And what do you have today? Anything? Yeah, uh, the Niners getting all these draft picks. And I wondered, you know, they got McCaffrey. I think they trade three draft picks. I said, why are they getting all these draft picks? And it hit me. I got this article this week. Uh, uh, one of their guys in the front office, Ron Carthorn, uh, has been hired by the Titans. And because he's a minority, the Niners get two comp, comp picks for the third, two third round comp, compensating pick, compensatory picks uh, for that. And uh, the article goes into the fact that uh, Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel, head coaching, they got back picks from, from that. And uh, uh, D'Amico Ryans, who was just hired as the uh, Texans coach, they also got picked. So right now, San Francisco has uh, right now three comp picks in the 2023 draft, and we'll get another as a result of Cawthon being hired. Uh, so I wasn't aware of, of them getting uh, compensatory picks for minority hiring. That's pretty good. You know, developing uh, minorities. Uh, the only thing else I have is the Warriors. Uh, the Gary Payton deal did go through, and it turned out that uh, the Warrior doctors said that Payton uh, should be back before the end of the season. He's got the, the core injury, uh, and they really need need a guy like Payton because they've gone from second base defensive team to like 18th. Uh, they could really use him. And uh, Curry uh, is not going to come back next week, but he'll be back uh, in a couple weeks after his injury. They're making the playoffs? And... What? They're making the playoffs? Oh, God. Were they, they're like, uh, what are they, 29, 29? I think they're ninth. They're, they're ninth now, Howie. They're ninth, but about two and a half games separate the 12th and the seventh pick. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Twelfth and the seventh slot in the yeah. West. It's a shootout in the West. And uh, uh, the interesting, the most interesting thing will be how Kevin Durant will do with the Suns. Will the Suns become a big power? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's going to be fun to watch. Mm. All right. Thank you for that. Got a comment from Mike. Yeah, Mark, uh, Mark, I have a question for Howie. The other mic, the other mic, the other mic. In your neck of the woods, Howie. Do they kind of think that the uh, uh, 49ers should have won the Super Bowl, are the best team in the NFL if they only had a quarterback, or uh, is it an accepting thing that Kansas City won? Well, no. The, the, the feeling of the front office and the fans uh, and the writers is that they have a quarterback. Mark Purdy's the quarterback. Mm. He got injured. What can you do? Uh, they got a great team. And going into next year, they're, they're saying Purdy's about to get operated on. And he's being operated on by a baseball doctor. Uh, and if they find that he needs uh, Tommy John surgery, he'll be out for the year. And they won't know that until they open him up. But right now, uh, Purdy's proved himself as the as the quarterback, and they got Trey Lance, 
What I'd like to see as a 49er fan mm-hmm. is both of them playing using Trey Lance as that, uh, like, a, like a, what's his name, uh, Jalen Hurts type of quarterback. So you could use both of them. But uh, that's the way they see it. Now, there's nothing, there's no, the Niner fans are not like Eagle fans. Niner fans ah. drink wine and then a classic. You know, All right. Turn over cars. <laughs> yeah, Mike. By the mic. So several comments uh, on the 49er situation. They needed draft choices, right? They traded several to get McCaffrey. What, a, yeah. a second, third, and fourth? and Or maybe a first, second, third, and fourth? I've forgotten the exact, but they 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 needed that supplement in draft choices. I've th- my own opinion is that the Super Bowl uh, enhanced the chances of uh, Trey Lance because when you observed... Uh, the running ability of Hertz, which uh, Lance also supposedly is capable of, uh, I thought that uh, it would advance his interest uh, as the uh, potential starter in San Francisco. And my understanding is that Purdy is going to do the Tommy John. Uh, I mean, maybe you would know that better than me, but I thought he had more or less decided that. Well, he's decided on the surgery. Right now, if it's not Tommy John and they just picks him up, I, I don't know that that the medical terms. Okay. He'd be ready by July, August at the outset. But if it is Tommy John, that's they said nine to twelve months. Well oh, that's yeah. the season. That's I think my last comment on the 49ers is I think there was a failure of the front office this season. Uh they should have seen that they were very vulnerable at the quarterback position if Purdy got hurt. Right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have the other two. There was no experienced guy there. They ran. They got a guy off the Seattle roster, I think, who'd been around for a while, but it never really. Johnson. Josh Johnson. Yeah, they had him before. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so who was available? I mean, if you say, well, okay, it's easy to make these criticisms, but who could they have gotten? All right, I'll name two. I think one would have been Roethlisberger, and the other would have been uh, the guy who was in Sa- uh, San Diego all those years, uh, Phil Rivers. You know, guys just retired. You know, with a lot of experience, ability to move a team. Yeah, they would have had to give something up to get either of those guys. But th- that's the kind of guy. I just named those as examples. But that's the kind of guy you want to have just in case. Yeah. And they didn't have him. Yeah. Except, Mike, you're retired. Are you Mike, you're retired? I'm retired, yes. You're retired. So if you're retired and then <laughs> you, go out, you, re- you go out in your own terms and then something – you, you, your mind sense is that you're retired and you can start retired life. And then someone comes up to you and say, can you give us one more year? I well, know I'm retired. There's no way I'm going back. It might be. I mean, you may be right about that. that. I don't but know it's it's just back. your backup here. You're not, you're not asked to start. There has to be a backup. Just keep your skills. I would never go back to a school as a substitute teacher after teaching for 40 years. <laughs> it's the same thing. I would not. It's really some people do some. Okay. Well, I didn't. I got sick. Didn't Brett Farr? Didn't Brett Farr uh, come back for one more year? Yeah. The Jets and the Vikings. It's a yeah, Vikings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. They went to the championship game. Yeah. yeah. Beat yeah. The, yeah. And he was actually and he was actually very yeah. good with the Jets. He was very good with the Jets until he got hurt. Yeah. Right. He he wasn't retired yet. He just went to the change. Like yeah. whatever. All right. Thank you, uh, Howie, on that. Let's move on. We we're talking a lot today. We haven't even got to the Super Bowl. We haven't talked about the Super Bowl, right? So 
I was happy the Chiefs won. What about you guys? I just wanted to see a good game. Mark, you were I didn't want to see uh, the Eagles win because they're just the Giants division. Oh, Larry, what? You were prophetic. You predicted Kansas with three point lead. Yeah. I said 31 28. Mm, I mentioned close. it last week, KC. And 38 35. So that's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I hit it. I think I hit it. But how many games this year come down to the last seconds? The last kick, they win the game or they lose the game. It's come down to the last. Games are so close. And that's, that's the problem. That's exciting. Well, this one came back to a bad call. Right. Well, again, let's talk about the bad call or not a bad call. Yeah, it wasn't a giant call. I'm very happy that it happened. The, the defensive back, Bradbury, admitted it. He said, it, I held him. Yeah. I held him. Right. He held him. Yeah. He said he that's held him. It, was, it wasn't glaring enough to me for a Super right. Bowl. You know what it came down to? One at a time, guys. You know what it came down to? The game was almost played perfectly. The, there was one sack only because uh, one of the quarterbacks ran out of bounds. I think it was hurt. But the only uh, turnover was Hurts' fumble. Yeah. Which turned out mm. to be the difference in the game. Right, right, right. Now, I, I read before the game started that this officiating team worked together the whole year. No, they didn't. That's right? wrong. That's what I heard. They worked together no, the whole year, no, and, no. They, and they called the most penalties. Yeah. What you heard was the referee, these were supposedly the best at their position. They did not work the whole year. The referee's crew, <laughs> Cheffers, his crew during the year called the most, but it wasn't with these guys. Oh, I got you. Okay, thank you. Thanks yeah. for clarifying that. But yeah, I, I thought it funny that uh, if they call the most penalties and you saw there was a penalty free game most of the time. But, but yeah. it doesn't come down just the penalty. The Eagles, Eagles had plenty of times. Look at the Eagles punt coverage on that 65 yard punt return. Right, right. You know, you know, yeah, it doesn't totally. always come, you know, one play magnifies it. But but they're like like Howie said, the fumble on Hurts, you know, that was re returned. And, and Bradbury admitted it. He says, I held him. I held him. He, I held him. him. He, he, he was up front about it. He, said, he, he wasn't arguing the call. He says, I held right, How many other plays were held but not called? Happens they every play. They all the time. Every play oh, is a hold. One way or another. Every play. Danny. How many people won or lost money on the missed field goal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in their, in their, their pools. It didn't affect me, but... Yeah. <laughs> They, so they, wait, they were favored by what? One and a half? No, I mean... No, he's talking about those, the box pools, the right? Box pool. Oh, the, yeah. box, oh, the yeah. box pools. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I thought yeah. it was a great game. The <laughs> highest scoring game ever at Super Bowl. Let's talk about the halftime show. Ugh. Ugh. Didn't, didn't watch it. Please. Didn't Come watch it, dog. I don't know. Like, we're a bunch of old fogies. And Took an hour. I don't know. I'm not a Rihanna, Rihanna fan. You know, I know a couple of his songs, which he did sing, but the I, rest I, of the songs. I'm in favor of bringing back up with people. Yeah, <laughs> the, oh, acoustics, wow. the acoustics were terrible. She was lip syncing right. the whole. Yeah. She did not sing and one was, word on her own. Right, lip syncing right. the entire thing. Uh, I, her voice. She has a tremendous voice. In fact, after after that show, I listened to Diamonds on my phone, and it's a great, great song. Yeah, but. 
listening to her in the halftime, it sounded like she was singing from Mars. She was coming in and out. Mm. Bad acoustics. And no, and no uh, wardrobe malfunction. No, no we saw no, we we her that belly. That was her reveal. That was her reveal. I didn't like the halftime. I we watched it, but you know the halftime show outdrew. And it wasn't nice for her. Outdrew the game, right? It wasn't nice for her to smell her hand after she touched her crotch. Don't you do that? I do that. I do that, but not for her. I don't do that on television. You got to know me to love me. Anyway, um, so Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP of of the of the season, and he wins his second uh, Super Bowl uh, MVP. I heard a story that he was tested for PEDs after the game. Anybody hear that story? No. No. Because how can a guy twist it, re-injured his ankle? Think about that. He re-injured his ankle, limping off, halftime. It comes back and, and like... Like, maybe, maybe they gave him a shot of cortisone. At their yeah, cortisone. It's right. Yeah. He said he had, he had to be careful not to run in a, in a certain direction. He could not turn. Maybe, maybe. He had maybe, to avoid but, turning. Yeah, well, they, were, they were testing for PEDs to see, you know, the guy gets hurt and comes back and he's he runs for the 26-yard run he made. He couldn't they're football it. players. They all should, maybe should be tested. Who knows? It's an accepted thing in football, I think. Yeah. Well, the size of these guys. What What's your opinion of them having that their award show that, that Michael alluded to earlier that the, the Jets won, but they named the MVP before the last game? I know it's it's based on the season. Oh, like but they named the MVP, and he's the named the MVP the next day. They play next day that they're playing the Super Bowl, and Jalen Hurts. But a damn good game, Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. I don't like the idea of them naming MVPs before the actual season is over. I agree. You know, it's really uh, baseball does it, Mark. Baseball does it at the end of the season. After the World Series. After the World Series. They They vote before. They vote before. Right. Right. But they don't announce. They announce it in November. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the better way to do it because you know, you know, I can see a guy in you know, a tempest flare and, and someone grabs my horns and puts his head to the ground. They head, take that MVP. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a good game. Um, yeah. anybody see supposedly there were two Met commercials? Yeah, yeah, I didn't yes. see it. Were they there? Yeah, yeah. some. Uh, Lindor was in one with um, and, 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 then so, and Ed, Edwin Diaz was the closer. He closed right. the closing yeah. out. He, he was like, like he was a salesperson closing the sale. Hmm. Right. I must yeah. admit, I'm, I'm sitting there watching. I, I I must have missed them. I got. I guess I got to get it online. One was before the game, and one was during the game. Right. Yeah, I didn't see the one before the game. Yeah. But only locally. It was only on in New right. York. it was only in New York. Oh. But well, here yeah, we're in New York. We didn't see it. I didn't see it. <coughs> um, did anyone hear the Damar Hamlin story with the jacket he was wearing? I just yes. read about it today. Yeah, I'm surprised funny. that um, I'm upset Michael Clayman, Rabbi Michael Clayman, is not on for this one. Yeah. That the, his shirt was a, a offensive depiction of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, great. Everyone was talking about that jacket. 
You know what I mean? Uh, and we couldn't read it. We couldn't read it from TV screen, but that's what they were talking about. He apologized for that. And uh, and again, there was a report that, again, remember I told you that he supposedly died and they're making believe he was alive? Remember I brought that up a few weeks ago? I brought it up to somebody. You know, they had different pictures of Damar Hamlin. He has this tattoo on, on his neck on a certain side. When he was being interviewed by Michael Strahan, on the right <laughs> side, there was no tattoo. <laughs> I just... Uh, Ron? Well, also about that, you brought up the interview. There was also a, a moment where Strahan asked him, what, does, what did the doctors tell you what happened to you? And for some reason, there was a long pause awkward long pause and he says i'd rather not talk about it some something right. to that effect wow. mm-hmm. so something happened besides what everybody thought happened with you know uh what komodo cordis or whatever i know something else happened too i don't know what so that was strange. next year what's that you think you'll play next year he says he wants to play <clears throat> I don't think they'll let him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, something to think about. If we learn in, in three months, he's dead. <laughs> you heard it here first. I thought Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson did a great job announcing their Excellent first job. What do you yeah. think? Yeah? yeah? I agree. Too yeah. professional. Too bad you're going to lose Olson in two years as Tom Brady's going to take his place. And they're going to knock Olson down to the second broadcasting team on Fox. Three hundred and seven was it? Three hundred and seventy-five million dollars ten-year contract. What is, what, is Sever, what, is, what is Severance package? Yeah. You know, you know what I re, you know what I remember when when Sandy Koufax retired. Didn't he sign like a ten-year contract with NBC? Obviously, it wasn't for three hundred seventy-five million. Uh, okay, and I remember that he was a he was a he was a, he was a terrible sportscaster. And I think they used clips of his sportscasts. Okay, at Sleep Phoenix. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, was better, he's better than Beltron, I'll tell you that much. I think he's, oh, my God. I think, I think he's taken the full year off uh, so he could practice. <laughs> right. That's a Beltron. <laughs> he, should, he, should, he should commentate the USFL games. Let them be hired to do some of the hmm. USFL games. We'll start Canadian football. What they, what they do is, is they actually do games, but they never get on the air. You know, beyond... Something. I mean, like, yeah, he has no history of being a commentator. I don't know. He's Tom Brady. He doesn't have a trend. Howard Cosell used to call it the jockocracy. (laughs) Joe, you wanted to comment? No, I just wanted to say the one the one thing is that the, you know during halftime, obviously the um, the Chiefs made the adjustments that they needed to, and the Eagles didn't. How many times did you see in the last couple of years, if you followed football really carefully, the Chiefs were losing yep. by halftime? And they always came back in the second yep. half mm-hmm. and, and won their games. Yep. It yeah. was a common thing. Yeah. Yeah. They were there was a different it was a different defense and a different offense on Kansas City yeah. in the second yeah. half. They shut down Philadelphia. And they got the ball first and scored and, and, right away. And, yeah. and their, their, right. Offensive, their offensive line played great. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles came in with all this, uh, 
you know, records of sacks and thinning yeah. have one sack. And you how know, many times? Go ahead, Joe. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not for the uh, for the fumble of Hertz. The Eagles would have had a much bigger lead at uh, at halftime. I mean, they completely outplayed Kansas City in the first half. Right, right. They did pretty much whatever they wanted to do, and then it was a completely different game. And Kansas City does this. They they got a great coaching staff. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Howie, giant defensive coordinator on inside the NFL. uh, Ray Lewis just criticized the Eagles defensive coordinator yeah. uh, for their second half play. There was no communication and then they pointed out different plays uh, where the guys just uh, running back just tiptoed yeah. in twice. Yeah. And uh, what happened? The defensive coordinator was hired yeah. as a head coach. Arizona, uh, right? They reward him. They rewarded him. It's a reward. Yeah. Uh, anybody, anybody irritated by Nick Sirianni? Yeah, Eagles yeah. head coach. He was crying yeah. during the pregame, right? During the uh, some yeah. banner or America the Beautiful. I thought that was good. Mike, you want to comment? Yeah, yeah just one quick comment on the, Not the other Mike. We can have a big Mike, Mike upstairs. This, this, this Mike, condition of the field. I'm going to show you how Michael, Michael Finer. Michael Finer. Oh, other sorry. Mike. Other Mike. Other Mike. 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 Uh, what's, what's your last name, Mike? Keynes. 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 Yeah, Michael. No. You go first. All then right. the other Mike. So the Washington Post ran a story the day after the Super Bowl on the condition of the turf play and pointed out that the turf was chosen primarily for its lush green color. It it would show up very well on TV and all this kind of stuff. But there was very, very poor traction. And in the article, they they claimed, asserted that uh, the pass rushers couldn't gain traction and that that had a lot to do with why there were so few sacks. Well, just one. And uh, they were just spinning in place. And they pointed to the fact that a lot of players changed their cleats uh, during the game. They showed that, actually. The Eagles, not not the uh, Chiefs. Not so much Kansas City? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I just point that out as a factor in why the offensive line seemed to play so well. My team won. Uh, I want to, Michael, my other Michael again. Yeah, I just want to say that also certain players play a certain way according to how they're being coached. Like Kadarius Tony could not play to save himself, and now look at him—he was a star of the Super Bowl almost. He actually, he actually won the game for them with that punt return, and uh, it just goes to show you—he's getting coached. And you kind of wonder if uh, somebody like Zach Wilson could get coached. You know, ah, it, it, it depends. Ah. I hope. Well, talk about Zach Wilson, and then we'll, we'll end on this. Uh, who, who do you think the Jets are going to get as the quarterback? Is it going to be Rogers? No. Carr, uh, Garofalo, Tannehill, Lamar Jackson's available now. Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> well, you know the problem. Who you want? I want no. The best, the best quarterback in the whole, in the entire group, of course, is Rogers. All right, and if Rogers is taken, I think the Jets could go far. The only trouble is if Rogers becomes the quarterback it will end badly somewhere along the line things mm-hmm. are going to go south that's a no-brainer that's so a, in my mind i don't know who they should take this there's, there's really nobody out there i don't think they get i don't think they'll get Carr. i don't think they'll get uh Tyner hill i don't think they'll get maybe baker mayfield and oh, i don't know who's out there they got to think of something creative <laughs> well oh, they, i think they, uh, rogers puts the jets in jeopardy well, <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry. <laughs> good. But, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. He'll only give you one or two years and he's done. Yeah. Derek Carr is younger. But again, there are other teams uh, in the competition for these guys. You can't I, sit I back think and wait I think, Rogers, you'll lose Carr. I think all things being equal, Rogers may wind up with the Raiders because I think he'd love to play again with Devontae Adams. Wouldn't that be mm. great? Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Gerald. We know at some point that Rogers will see the light. Oh, I guess that's sorry, 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 sorry. Oh. Did he go under yet? Did he go under? Did he go in yet? Not a bad idea to try. As yet. We should all try that. Just go oh, yeah. talk. For how many days? Four, four days. Four days. One other, one other thing about the uh, the possible quarterbacks: they have to be able to play with Nathaniel Hackett. Like, uh, for example, when Hackett was the coach of the Broncos, look what he did to Wilson. Wilson wasn't even worth the the. the Big on the field, uh, Hackett has a very intricate, intricate uh, offensive style, and you have to have a quarterback who's smart. And that's why Rogers would be good, and that's why somebody like Carr would be good. Who's to say somebody like a scrambler like Lamar Jackson? He might end up being like Wilson. So you have to take that into consideration. Okay, I want to move on a little bit. I'm gonna get the time here. We're almost done, but we haven't even talked about basketball at all. Uh, Knicks. You haven't. What do you got? Knicks. Well, I got the Knicks. The Knicks are and hockey. What do you got? Since, since the since the Josh Hart trade a little before that, Knicks yep. winners are five of six in sixth place now in the actually in the actual playoffs, playing great team basketball. Brunt. They finally, after years of being in the in the wilderness, solved their point guard uh, yep. dilemma. Brunson yeah. is the real deal. It makes everybody yeah. better. Josh Hart is a pleasure. They're a pleasure to watch. I don't know if you guys have seen the. Any of the last games, it's it's great, <laughs> great that they're playing, and they're really great. And I'm also happy that the the counterparts in the garden, the Rangers, are playing great. But what a game was it Saturday night? Panarin scores four goals. I know oh, they won yeah. last night. I, I don't know much details of the game, Ron. Do you know anything about last night's game? Well, Panarin scored two, yeah, and uh, been the Jets scored two, right? So you know what it was last yeah. night. What I noticed about the rain, well. Yeah. Vancouver is is actually a very good team that just lacks goaltending. They they're a fighting team, and Shostakin, he's got to get over the rough starts a little bit, giving up yeah. one or two goals. Real that's why he's not as good as last year. You know what surprised yeah. me, Ron, was last Friday and Saturday they had back to back against Seattle, and then they were in Carolina, Carolina. It was the best team. Right. I was surprised that. Sturkin played the Friday game and Halik played Saturday. I, I would have thought they would have done a reverse. Yeah, I thought so too. But Halak is playing. Oh, he, he's playing he's great. won seven in a row. So yeah. it, it's a it's a great uh, combination they got going on, and they're, they're playing really well. Yeah. And meanwhile, the, the Devils are playing very well without Jack Hughes. They right. goes back, and they're really good. And the Islanders are losing games that they sh- that they they should have won, getting one you know, losing. Two games in overtime in Montreal and Ottawa. The Islanders' season could be on the brink. That two of the next three games are against Pittsburgh, so yeah. they, they have a chance to. Uh, and and, and the trouble trouble with the Islanders, the other teams have the games in hand on them. Right, right. Pittsburgh, I think, has four mm-hmm. games in hand or three. Yeah, so you know it's going to be almost impossible yeah. for them to uh, and, overcome. And that. Basketball now, as you, we all know, the Nets have revamped their team totally. <laughs> Mikel Bridges, what a game last night! Forty-five points. 
Yeah. Nets have become a more likable team, too, <laughs> at least in my estimation. Boom. The Knicks are only two and a half games behind the Nets in the playoff hunt. And Knicks are going in the Knicks are going into the into the nine day break on a high. Yeah. You know what I can say about the Knicks? Like yesterday, I saw like mm-hmm. what's her name? Uh, 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 Gene Harlow is is uh, interviewing uh, Brunson, and yeah. uh, he gets and he gets a big hug, right? And and that's that's nice. They seem to be together. Yeah, they, they, they do. They, they're a likable team. They all they all they're, they're all likable. They, they do a lot of things off the court t- together, and, it, it, and they're just playing well. They're a fun team to watch. Thibodeau told Hart, who was 30% uh, sh- three-point shooter at Portland, says, I'm giving you the ultra-green light to shoot threes. And the last three games he's played, he's 9 for 14 shooting threes. Yeah. He says that's a completely different style. In, you know, in Portland, he was like a third or fourth wheel. He says, I, I, I can go four or five minutes without, you know, without getting a shot, without touching the ball. Here, mm-hmm. within the game, and it's just totally different. But you know, have to have to break now for 11 days. Yeah, and, and part of a Hart and Brunson is the way they played, you know, in Villanova. Villanova, you know, may not get great play, but they they they, they play team great team ball in college, and it, and, and it carries for those guys. It carries over there. A lot of a lot of good NBA players. Give Villanova. me two rounds in the playoff, Brad. What? I want two rounds in the playoffs. Okay. Um, well, right, 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 right now, if the play if the playoffs were to start today, they would play Philadelphia in the first round. Right. <coughs> Yeah, just real quick. I think the Kyrie saga in, in Dallas is starting because yeah, I think he's sitting out tonight because of back spasms. No, he, he sat out last night. Last night was the game he sat out. Oh, last night? Yeah, so it, 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 it's starting. Yeah, he said, said quote, a lower lower back issue. And, and, and that's another thing about the Knicks. The, the Knicks don't they don't have guys to sit out. These guys want to play. You'll yep. never hear Brunson or Randall say, I need to take the night off because I don't, you know, I'm tired. I don't feel like playing. You know, <laughs> you don't hear about anybody calling for Julius Randle to be traded anymore. No, no, no right. how about He's that? As anything now, how about Brun- that? I mean, Br- Brunson has made him. He's on the All Star team, right? Right. Br- Brunson deserves to be there. He, he makes you wind up going. He might get there. Can't get in. Yeah, Jalen Brown, who might not might not uh, play. Yeah. In the- yeah. yeah, I think Brunson is the natural choice. Hey, right, Fred. Have- yeah, Fred. Go. You know what I think might have happened is that Brunson is, you know, Brunson has come on lately. If he'd started the season like this, maybe possibly a different story. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. I mean, he's just been incredible lately. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, very interesting story in today's post. He's a natural right-hander, but as a kid, his father made him. He says, "You, you play, play with your left hand." Maybe, really? That's really cool. Really that's cool. cool. All right, just to move on real quick, because I want to get to a few trivia questions before the time is up. Uh, as we heard someone mention earlier, the passing of Tim McCarver in baseball. No. Uh, 81 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played 21 years. Um, I think he played oh, well, He played all with, no, he played with Philadelphia. He played with the Cardinals and Philadelphia. Mostly the Cardinals and then the Philadelphia. Tim McCarver dying or Rockdale Welsh? Steve Carlton's yeah, personal yeah, catcher. Yesterday. That's right. Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame uh, broadcaster, not as a player, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but he did get two World Series rings with the Cards in '64 and '67. Oh, there we go. Played okay. in '59 to '80. So four, decades. Decades. Four, four decades. Three decades. Four decades. Four decades. Right. Four decades. He won three Emmys as a color commentator for Fox. 
and in 2012 won the Fort Frick Award for Broadcasting, inducted into Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. He announced for the always, Mets for a few years. That's right. That's right. Always yeah. love. Did he have a, did he do ever do the Yankees too? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. He did. Always love to hear his comments. Always. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. intelligent yeah. guy and nice, yeah. nice voice to listen to. But 81? 81? Too young. Too young. Yes. All right. Spring training has begun, and we'll talk yeah. baseball more next week. But what do we have for trivia? I have to watch the time here. Let's do trivia for a few minutes and then call it a day. Milton, what you got, Milton? Okay. <clears throat> September 20th, 1969. Who pitched a no-hitter against the Mets? Bob Moose. Bob Moose. Bob Moose. Got it. Oh. Yeah, you got That's it. Like I heard that guy on the radio. I love that game. Bob Moose. Great name. Uh, Gerald? Okay, this is not for Jeff or Dave. Who had the most balks in a, in a major league game? Uh, Bob, da Bob Davidson. No. The guy this year. Didn't the guy happen this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, get for, get for, the, yeah. for the Marlins. Well, I think I, I don't know about that, Fred, but what I have something mm. different. It happened in 1963. Oh, not, not 1843. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> 1963. Uh, no idea. Doc No, pitch for the Milwaukee Braves. Spawn? Oh, no. Blooper Death? No. Bob Bob Buell? No. Initials. Initials. Tony Cloninger? B.S. <laughs> what? Initials. B.S. As in Bernice S. Bob Shaw? Bob Shaw. Five, five balls. Oh. Okay. Wow. Fred? Who is the Jets' career leader in interceptions? Jets. So it's not Revis, all right? Johnny, right. Sample. Revis. No, Johnny, Johnny Sample. Nope. He's not. Revis is number three. Wow. wow. Where was Sample? Johnny Sample. Sample is not on the list. The Randy ten. Beverly. He's not on the list, the top 10 either. Wow. What a year. This guy played from 1963 to 1969. Mm. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What's the initials? We got to move faster. BB. 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 Jets. Bob. Huh? First name Bill. Bill. Wow. I'm drawing a blank. Who is it? Oh. Bill Baird, 34. Never oh, would have got it. Never would have got it. Revis, Revis is third. Yeah. Same thing. Denard Paulson is second with 29. Revis has 25. Okay. Oh, wow. uh, Michael. Right. I have one. If Fred gets this, he's the automatic star of West Brook. Who are the hosts? For the pregame show of the very first XFL game in 2001. I don't know. I was watching. <laughs> Not 2000. 2021, no? 2001. No, years ago. 2001. XFL? The Vince That's McMahon, when, uh, era, the Vince McMahon the era. Was, the star player was He Hate Me. The announcers were Jerry Lawler and uh, uh, Ventura. But who hosted the first pregame show? I'll give, you a, Happy I'll give Phil. you a hint. I'll give you a hint. They, they were competitors of Imus and Howard Stern. And they're on two stations simulcast 
and they had an argument with each other because one of them posted something uh, a little derogatory, and they're they're they separated. Who was oh, that team? That team Mike and Mike. Mike and the Man no, Dog. Oh no 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 no. no. Yeah, uh, very funny. They were very funny. I forgot. Dick Rosenberg. And they ended every program with "What did we learn today?" Right, who was it? Opie and Anthony. Opie and Anthony. That's why. Oh yeah, I heard them. I know them too well. Anybody else? Gerald. Who was who was the only play to be thrown out twice at home plate in an All Star game? <laughs> William Mays. No. Pete Rose. The year was 1944. It happened of course, in 1944. Charlie Keller. No. Hmm. What league? During the war. Let me give. Let me give the uh, the initials. P is in Pauline C. PC. 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 Pie Cobb. A PC. Who is it? Bill Caporetta. Oh, oh right. <laughs> an MVP. Cubs. Cubs. Right? slowest runner. He's on the MVP. He's, he's, he's the, uh, not in the Hall of Fame, is he? No. No. Michael, hurry up. Got that three more minutes. Okay, 1971. He became the first African American baseball announcer. Bill White. Bill White. Bill White. Okay. How about this one? I got one. Name the only player in Major League history to play more than 500 games at first base, second base, third base, left field, and right field. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Oh. And that, out of all those positions I just mentioned, I mentioned five different positions. Which one him. did he play the most? Second base. Second base. Second, I would you would that think that. Original. It's first base. First. Oh, really? First base, yeah. not over okay. 900. Second base was over 600. Third base wow. was more than second base by like six. Uh, oh, and left field was really second. 671 in left field, 634 at third base, 628 at second base, and a measly 595 in right field and 939. And I'll bet you he never won a Golden Glove. <laughs> I don't know. Right. That's right. I don't know. Another guy should be in the Hall of Fame. All right, a few more questions. Uh, Michael. Okay. Who was the last one to pitch and win three complete World Series games? And I think he might Bob have been Gibson. the Bob Dead. Gibson. Lou Burdett. Lou Burdett. Nope. No. Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson. Nope. Not Mike, Bob Gibson. Mickey Lowish. Later than that. Later than that? Right. But how far back? Uh, I'll give you a hint. He was on the Mets. But, uh, Guzman? Before he got to the Mets. Wait a second. Before Warren Spahn. I'll give you another hint. He pitched with a big fat belly. Mickey Lolich. Lolich, uh, we said. Yes, I said that. We said that. Lolich was said, yeah. 68. Yeah. Uh, he got, okay. he got battery. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> Mark, gonna... I just want to tell you, for all you Jet fans that want to think back to when they won those championships. <laughs> Here we go. This is a song for all of you who think want to think back to the Jets. This is what you remember then by the Earls. Here you go, Larry Chance and the Earls. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thanks for coming on the show today. We'll see you all out next week. One, one last yeah. thing, Mark, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> Take care. Then passed away. Uh, Conrad Dobler. What was yeah. your name yeah. for? Fighting. Dirty. Dirty is supposedly the dirtiest player. 
right? right. Him, would, and ben, him and Ben a, Davidson. He, he would take mm -hmm. a booger from his nose and flick it at the other player. Take it easy, Jeff. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. All right. Thanks bye bye. Good we'll night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Stay safe. Bye, guys. Bye. Very soon, sure. Yes. <laughs>